0: faithless. The Bible says he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. Um, just remember that today if you are going through any anything that you need to be reminded that God is faithful. And this morning we are going to dive into a little bit of a topic uh, that I wanted to pro- provide some more clarity on because I, I mentioned it sort of off the cuff on Sunday if you were with us on Sunday. And um, I got a few questions about that afterwards. Hey Josh, you know, where do you stand on this? You you, didn't, you weren't really clear. And, and so I want to be clear and I want to clarify um, some things. And I think that this is actually something that we, we really have to talk about uh, because the, the way the world is going, as Christians, we really need to know what our place is um, in regards to this topic, and what is the topic? I'm going to talk to you this morning about Christians and public schools. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of things going on, and uh, I've heard a lot of questions and a lot of debates. Josh, should, should we, uh, shall we send our kids to, to public schools given the the various um, uh, philosophies and and, uh, you know, even, even I would say indoctrinations that are coming into through, through some of our uh, curriculums and some of our schools. Um, or, Josh, should we engage? Should we send our kids in? Should we get involved? And I'm going to tell you the, the conclusion before I dig in. Just, just in case you don't hear the whole thing, I want to tell you where I'm going to end first and then how I got there. But in conclusion, I want to say this. When it comes to uh, public schools and the education and training of our children, uh, the, the end goal is that each Christian um, needs to have a clear conscience, faith, and a strong conviction as to what is the best route to disciple their kids to become followers of Jesus and effective witnesses in the world. Okay, let me say that again. Every Christian parent, grandparent, um, people who have authority over children in your home, need to have a clear conscience and faith and be convinced in their own heart and mind that what they're doing, either by sending their kid to into public school, taking them out of public school, sending them to private school, or homeschooling them, needs to be based on what they believe is in the best interest of making their child a disciple of Christ and causing them to be an effective witness in the world. Okay, so that's the big picture. Now, how did we get to that conclusion? Well, I've seen... A lot, and when we talk about public schools, we have to be careful not to speak too narrowly, because uh, all throughout the country, depending on where you live, there are going to be different levels and varying levels of worldliness and worldly philosophy and godless philosophy within your public school system. There is a verse that I want to start off by reading. It's in First John chapter five, verse nineteen, and this is a principle that doesn't just. Uh, apply to this subject, but every subject when it comes to us living in a world that is a, that is a fallen, right? There, That is at in- enmity with God. And it's 1 John 5, 19. And there John says, we know that we are of God, right? As Christians, those who are in Christ, we know we are of God, right? We're not of this world. Our citizenship is first and foremost in heaven. We are children of Christ, uh, born again through the blood of of his sacrifice through his redemption. And, and so we know that we are of God. But then he says, and we know that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Now catch that church. Do not be ignorant of this. We are of God. We are set apart. God is, is with us. God, the Holy Spirit is in us and he's working through us. But this whole world, even those who would call themselves moral, The political systems of the world, the uh, authority systems of the world, while they are ordained by God for a purpose, they are also mostly under the influence and the sway, the directing of the evil one. I'll put it like this. You're only in one of two categories in this world. You are either of God or you're not of God, and you are a person who is going to be heavily influenced by and swayed by the worldview of the wicked one. Who is the wicked one? Satan and his demons. And so we need to not be ignorant of this. I think a lot of times, I know I do, I struggle. I want to believe the best. I want to believe that no one's out there uh, to, no one's out there to, you know, to uh, have any harm in mind for my children. No one's out there to, with, with an agenda or a plan to, uh, keep my keep my kids or myself or my family away from from what God wants. I mean, I I want to believe that, but unfortunately, it's not true. It it's not true because the Bible tells us the whole world is under the sway, the influence of Satan, a satanic world view, a satanic mindset. Um, uh, it's called the spirit of Antichrist in the Bible. And so, why is that important? Because we need to not be ignorant that. Uh, When something is run by the state or by a system that is under the sway of the wicked one in general, I'm going to get to the fact that there are Christians involved and there need to be Christians involved in heavy, more impactful ways. But overall, I'm talking about we have to be careful um, that we aren't ignorant of what we are potentially sending our kids into. And so I want to talk about this as a Christian The world is always calling us to extremes. Do this, don't do that. Um, But God wants to call us to not the middle, not compromise, but to Christ-likeness. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Okay, so how we want to look at this subject is, what does the Bible say? What is the mind of Christ? We're in a spiritual battle, and the spiritual battle is Is at every level and in every way. I want you to think about this. um, Okay, don't. I don't want you to think of yourself as Satan. Okay, but if you can, just play an imagination game with me. Play the devil's advocate for a minute. If you're the enemy, and you are looking at every turn to, um, to hinder the progress of the gospel, and trying to do everything you can to get the next generation of human beings, as far away as possible from truth, as far away as possible from God, as far away as possible from the gospel, um, where would you show up? Well, I would try to attack the home. I would try to attack the school systems. I would try to attack the place where the thoughts and emotions and convictions are being formed In children that are moldable and shapeable. And so what I'm going to say in this, don't hear me wrong, hear me out. The enemy is at work within school systems. That's just a a fact. That is a reality. Now, not every school is evil. Uh, Certainly, man, uh, can anyone kind of raise their hand online and say, aren't we grateful for Christian teachers, Christian administrators, Christian school board members, that are fighting the good fight to protect the hearts and minds of our kids. I, I, uh, I went through public school, and I, I survived, um, and I had a great youth group. I was, in, I was plugged in at church. I had great Christian friends. That helped me a lot. Um, I, I got out of school, you know, obviously seeing some things I wish I hadn't seen, being exposed to things I wish I hadn't been exposed to, but overall, um, unscathed. Uh, by the world, and even saw my friends, some of my friends in in school come to Jesus. I mean, listen, that's incredible. But I have looked and I've seen the opposite in some of the, some of my friends, family members that, that weren't really anchored at the time, and within within weeks to months, their life was in the pits. Now that's because they're sinners, and that's because it's 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 their own choice. But the, I saw the influence of. Things at school and, and uh, the, un- the lack of involvement um, from maybe parents or church cause that person to drift into the world at a rapid pace. So how do we find this balance? I want to talk to you guys about that today. And I realize that I'm, I'm kind of talking in circles, but I hope you're following me. I hope you're tracking with me. I've got five uh, mindsets that we need to adopt when asking the question, how do I engage the public school system? How do I engage my kid, my child, in the public school system? How do I engage as an active member of my city and society and culture as a Christian in the public school system? Well, number one, first thing I want to say, first uh, mindset we need to adopt is that regardless of whether or not you send your child to public school, don't forget that is ultimately the parent's job to prepare. Disciple, raise, instruct, and protect their kids. Okay, let me say that again. Regardless of whether or not you send your child to public school, it is ultimately the parent's responsibility to prepare, discipline, raise, instruct, and protect their children. You see, one of the dangers of public school is not just what they might hear from a teacher um, about the homosexual agenda or a secular worldview. It's not just that they might be around people who aren't saved and they might get tempted to do drugs or get involved in sexual prom- promiscuity. Those are dangerous. But, but what's, what's, what makes it even more dangerous is when the parent of that child is disengaged from raising their kid. Always remember, schools, we as parents, we entrust our children to schools to educate them, not to raise them. We entrust our children to schools to educate them, not to raise them. That is your job. That is my job. If when my student comes home and I'm not engaging them in the gospel, I'm not engaging them in the reading of God's word, I'm not engaging them in conversation about, hey, what are you hearing? What are you being tempted by? Uh, what what kind of ideas are you Uh, Did you hear? And now you're wrestling with them. Can we talk about it? Can we pray about it? Okay, what does the Bible have to say about it? You you get what I'm, I'm, you catch what I'm throwing out? Um, I think we need to equip our parents that you can do this. I know the intimidation factor in raising kids. I have three of them. Um, And I know at times you feel like you fail, like you failed in this responsibility. But here I want to encourage parents today, grandparents even, because grandparents, you play an active role in the, in the relationship you have with your grandkids. They hear you in a different way they hear their parents. And so I want to encourage you. We're going to equip you guys. We are going to work hard at this church to provide you tools to engage your kids in conversation and discipleship. You can do it with God's help and strength. It is within your reach. It's within your calling as a parent. I know that God's going to give you the ability to do it. Okay, so that's the first principle. Regardless of which one you decide to do, always remember it's my responsibility first. If I don't like something that's being taught, I can reinstruct. I was really uh, sh- I was really shocked. Maybe you guys some some of you saw this video. I haven't figured out how to play it on Facebook live yet, so I can't play it for you, but uh, it was a teacher being recorded by a student in a public high school and she was going on a rant about anti-Trump this and anti-Trump that. And, and then she started talking about if you if, if you aren't pro-homosexual uh, LGBTQSYT, then you can just get out of my class, you you bigot. And then she goes on to say, and you know what? You don't need to listen to your parents. You don't need to agree with what they have to say. This is a, a public high school room. Now, I'm not saying this is happening in every public high school. I'm not saying it's happening in every class. It's not. But it is happening in some. And we don't, we need to be... Aware that it is that there are some influences out there that are saying you don't need to listen to your parents you you don't need to to listen and heed their instruction and their advice and their counsel and their wisdom um, and that is satanic you guys that is satanic we want our kids to think for ourselves but we have a responsibility to raise them in the Lord so that's the first one second one uh, second thing I want you to think about in regards to public schools and the education of our children is Um, Don't merely view school as a pathway to education, view it as a mission field. Okay? Say it again. Don't merely view school as a pathway to education, view it as a mission field. Think of it in this way. As a church, when we send out a missionary, let's say to go to Africa or India or South America or China, what do we do? Well, we put them through training. We teach them the gospel. We teach them how to understand the culture of where they're going so that they can combat the cultural nuances that they're going to find and face. We teach them how to speak the language, right? We don't just say, okay, um, you know, go to China, drop in there, and, and hopefully you'll do okay, right? We need to view school and our children the same way. Um, you guys, when you send your kid into a public school where there is a majority of people who, are, uh, who don't know Christ and are influenced more by the world than they are by God, and there's a majority of teachers and educators that are being more and more influenced by the uh, systems that are coming up from above, uh, above them and going through some more and more liberalized ideas, uh, you need to realize that you're sending your kid as as a sheep into a wolf's den. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. Jesus did that to us, you guys. He said, I send you out as sheep among wolves. Thanks, Lord. What, do you, do you want me to get destroyed? No. He says, I'm with you. I'm going to equip you. I'm going to strengthen you. And so we need to say, Johnny, Susie, uh, when you go to school, it's because God has a mission for you. You want to see the difference? Not just get good grades, learn your math, learn your English. Of course, God has a mission for you. There are people you're going to interact with that don't know Christ. There are teachers you're going to have discussions with that believe in evolution and there, and, and believe that, uh, that uh, uh, you know, believe in different views of sexuality, and, and and you are there as salt and light. God has put you there, he's empowering you with his truth to make a difference in people's lives. Do you guys see the, how that all of a sudden gives a mission to your son or daughter? It's, it's a mission field. And when you ingrain that in your student, all of a sudden they understand the spiritual warfare at play. All, all, the, all of a sudden they begin to understand when they hear this idea, when they're tempted by this sin, when they meet these kind of people, that this is a spiritual battle taking place. And 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 so what do you need to do? Teach them the gospel. How do I share the gospel, mom and dad? If you don't know, there's a hundred thousand resources online that you can learn how to simply share the gospel. Teach your kids how to memorize it. Um, Start to go through Charlie Campbell stuff. Look up Google Charlie Campbell. All the apologetic issues, especially in junior high and high school. Send it to your kids. Have them read one a week. I want to equip you. I want to get you ready in order to be on the mission field. So that's two. Don't merely see school as a pathway to education. See it as a mission field that I need to actually train my child to be thrust into a mission-minded environment. Okay? place where people need Jesus. Um, because if they don't view it that way, uh, they will pick up ideas. And if they don't know how to combat those, they're very attractive. Satan is, makes you know Adam and Eve garden fruit. He knows how to make evil things attractive. Satan is very good at that. And so we need to give them eyes to see. Uh, you guys know the stats, right? When um, Christian students, the majority of them when they enter into college... Uh, I saw this LifeWay research, I'm looking at it right here, um, that between the ages of 20, 18 and 22, Christian, Christian students who attended church regularly, once they entered into college in 2017, 66% of them stopped attending church immediately. 66% for various number of reasons. And only 30% of those 66% ended up coming back into the church and into the faith. That's that's 36% of students, you guys, that are raised in Christian families that are entering colleges, hearing these ideals, hearing these philosophies of the world, hearing these teachers tell them they're stupid, they're uneducated, they're ignorant, they're bigots if they believe in this God and in this Bible and in Jesus. And they're swallowing it hook, line, and sinker. Um, I think the lines become a little more clear, at least for me, okay, my opinion, the lines become a little more clear when it comes to higher education than, it, than high school and, and junior high and, and elementary. Because I, I think more and more our, our public higher education schools are becoming really indoctrination camps for students to hate our country, um, to not believe in God, and to adopt... Uh, distorted views of of human sexuality and evil and good and morality and all the rest. So that's my opinion. Um, I think if you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, there are certain things where you have to have that higher education, but I think it's healthy for parents to say, Hey, what's God leading you to do? Let's not just do college just because we have to do college. Like let's think about it. Let's be intentional and focused and, and what's God calling you to? Do you do we want to take a year off? Do we want to explore? Do you want to look into a trade? Do you want to look into an internship? Do you want to... Hey, it's okay to think a little differently as a Christian than just thrusting them off into a school because we want to have that pride, that pride of the world, you know, and that that degree and that education because we need to be real, realistic here. It's, it's getting bad, <laughs> you guys. It's getting bad out there. Okay, I'm, I'm rambling. Number three... Number three, as a parent, be completely aware and in authority over the influences and experiences that your child is having at school. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to empower you, parent, right now. You have a God-given authority over your children. Your child does not deserve complete autonomy, complete individuality. Yes, you are nurturing their individuality, you are recognizing that they have their own unique strengths and callings. You're not trying to force who you want them to be on them. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But you have a, and I have a responsibility to say, I can exercise God-granted authority in my kids' lives. I don't have to let them watch that movie. They don't deserve it. I don't have to let them have those friends I don't have to let them do whatever they want with their time. I can manage it. I can set expectations. I can can influence and I can encourage and I can exhort and I can discipline my kid when they're off course. I have to do that. Why is this so important? Because I think it's easy today for a lot of Christians to adopt an apathetic approach to handing their kids off. You know, I just drop them off at school and whatever happens there happens there. I just trust my teachers. Uh, I just drop them off at church and whatever happens there happens there. No, 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 no. Whatever happens there, God's going to hold you accountable, whether you knew about it and whether you did anything about it. You've got to get involved. I have to get involved. Years ago, maybe four or five years ago, my five-year-old niece, this is and we were in Northern California in a conservative pocket of Northern California, if you can believe it. There are some of those there. Um, Northern California, conservative pop pocket, charter school, five-year-old kindergarten class. She comes home and says, Mommy, my teacher read me a book today that made me feel uncomfortable. And really, what, what was it about? Well, it was about two bunnies, two boy bunnies that wanted to get married and the evil donkey, President Trump, and the evil Pence, wouldn't let them get married. And, and she told me about this, and I'm just going, wait a minute. So I looked it up online. I looked up this book. I forget what it's called. You can look it up if you, if you really want to. Um, but sure enough, all fully illustrated, fun, cute art you know, children's book about two gay bunnies that want to get married and the evil president won't let them and, and finally they get rid of him and they have their rights to get married. Five years old kindergarten class in a conservative uh, county in a charter school. It only, takes, it only takes one teacher who feels like it's their job to indoctrinate our kids to believe and accept what they, their worldview. It only takes one. And I realize it, it, we can, well, we're in Missouri, we're we're in conservative land, you know. Uh, everyone's a Christian, everyone's moral. Uh, no, no folks, it's here too. It's coming in everywhere, the enemy is clever. And so what do we need to do? We need to realize I have a responsibility. And I was so proud of my sister-in-law because she took that book and she went to that principle and she said, you. This is unacceptable. You are not going to to sexualize and define my my child's view on human sexuality in in a kindergarten, much less any other grade. This is unacceptable and they removed that and and so here's the the point uh, we don't we can't afford as parents to to adopt an apathetic approach to our children's um experiences we are does, now are we going to be able to protect them from everything no do we need to be helicopter hover hover parents <laughs> no but here's a good analogy I've, I've always liked when it comes to raising kids um, it's like a triangle on either side you have on one side you have freedom on the other side you have responsibility okay and uh, and 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 as a child gains more responsibility, they are granted greater freedom. And when they gain a little more responsibility, they're granted greater freedom until they finally can be released to be autonomous, make their own decisions, be, be uh, accountable to them and God, move out of under your authority as parents. A lot of, a lot of us are tempted that because, you know, um, we feel bad or, or we feel guilted or something, we just want to give them more freedom, but we don't ever expect the responsibility or we, we bear them down with responsibilities, but we don't ever reward them with freedom. And so we have to have that perfect balance of responsibility and freedom. And that is our job. We need to be actively aware of the freedoms and the responsibilities. Actively aware of what they're being taught. Where is the curriculum coming from? What worldview is in it? Is my teacher a Christian? It's okay if they're not, but I, I should probably know. I should know to pray for them. And so I know this sounds overwhelming, but you know, if we want to be good parents and we want to send our kids into public school or private school for that matter, because it can be just as bad in some private schools, and even in homeschool, we have to take responsibility and ex- exercise our God given authority. Don't be afraid to set boundaries for your children, don't be afraid to get in the face of a teacher or to go to a school board meeting and stand up and say, listen, this is not okay, Um, what's happening here, because of where I'm at as a Christian. Uh, You might not always win, you might not always be heard, but you have, and I have the responsibility to try. Number four, and I'm gonna just kinda tie this in and go short, because I already talked about it. Number four, be an active participant in the direction of your school. Um, I I recently went to a school board meeting about a face mask mandate in in the St. Joe School District. And I went there as a parent and as a Christian. To me, the biggest things are not the face masks. Yes, I have my own convictions about masking kids. I don't think it's it's effective. I think there's too much science out there and too much evidence out there right now for it to be argued uh, without a reasonable doubt that it's effective or safe or healthy to mask our children. That's my personal conviction. But as a Christian, I don't like seeing um, uh, lies perpetrated and fear perpetrated to try to get people to do things. (laughs) And so as a parent and as a Christian, you don't have to agree with me. I don't, I I, I respect that, but I felt I have to go say something. I need to go say that I don't think this is okay, not just for the reasons of masks, but because of the motives of this. It's just political pandering. Um, And so... Uh, I, I challenge them, and I love. I, I love. There's some good people on that school board. We need to pray for them, you guys. We need to pray that they have wisdom and courage. And I'm I'm excited to get into conversation and dialogue with them. Um, I have nothing but respect for that uh, for, for that position. But I want to be involved. I feel like I have responsibility as a parent. I want my kids to see me fight for them, fight for their rights as Americans, fight for their faith as Christians, and show them how to do it in a way that reflects the heart of Christ, not ugly, not defensive, not, not being a, a a carnal bigot, difficult. No, with kindness, with respect, but with boldness and with courage. I think we need to try to set that example for our kids. Um, Finally, I'm going to end with this one. Number, number five, when it comes to Christians in public schools is don't judge each other. I end most of these with this because I think it's appropriate. I think where there's issues that it's not clear and people have different convictions as Christians on and, and their convictions are supported biblically, we need to adopt the Romans 14 mindset that, you know what, you've prayed, you have a clear conscience before God, you feel like this is the best thing for your kid and creating them to be a disciple of Christ and an effective witness for Christ. I respect that. I'm not gonna judge you because I disagree. Oh, you think you need to pull your kid out of school and, and take them out of that influence and get them into a Christian environment or get them into a homeschool environment because you're scared about the direction they're going, hey, I respect that. I think you're the parent. I think you have prayed and made a decision in the best interest of your kid to make them a disciple of Christ and effective witness in the world. And we need to live together in peace and harmony when it comes to our convictions in matters that aren't biblically 100% clear, okay? So end with that. So let me just go over these quickly again, and I'll leave you guys to your day. If you're a parent, you're going through this discussion, this debate, what do I do with my kid? What about public school? Number one, regardless of whether or not you send your kid to public school, remember that it is a parent's job to prepare, discipline, raise, instruct, and protect their kids. Your responsibility first. Number two, don't merely view school as a pathway to education, but as a mission field. You are preparing your kid, if you're sending them into a public school environment, to be a missionary for Christ. And so are they ready? Are they prepared with the gospel? Number three, be completely aware of and in authority over the influences and the freedoms and responsibilities of your kids within that school environment. Exercise your God-given authority as a parent. Don't be afraid of that because your kid might not like you or give you a hard time. Uh, And number Four be an active participant in the philosophy and direction of your school. Run for the school board if we had if we had Christians everywhere running for school boards, uh, we might have some more influence. There was a time in this country where the Christian influence in the public school system was the greatest influence. It's not like that anymore. And no, I'm not talking about forcing Christianity on other people. That's not how the gospel works. But I'm talking about having a biblical worldview, a biblical moral view, uh, uh, implanting things in kids that we know are going to be in their best interests, whether they receive Christ or whether they don't, because this is these are our moral laws of God, right? Be involved. Try to make a difference when and where you can, as God calls you. And then, number five, don't judge each other. Let each parent pray and decide what is in the best interest of making their child a disciple of Jesus and an effective witness in this world. And try to support each other in that thing because it takes a church to help us encourage each other to raise up our kids in a world that is evil and under the sway of the wicked one. So, I hope that is somewhat helpful to you guys. If you have any questions, make sure you let me know because. Uh, in talking about this, you might just hear one thing and it, it's taken out of context, or I might have said something wrong, or I might have, um, you might, have, might feel like I've been unbalanced in some way, and I would love to clarify that, um, but we need to be talking about it regardless. So I hope you guys, that's helpful. Pray for your kids. We are, in fact, we're going to spend just our, our closing minutes praying for your kids in the upcoming school year and your influence over them. So let me pray for you. And then let's just go about our day in the Lord. Lord, we thank you for this day. I pray for those out there that are in this boat where they're they're either seeing their kid go astray and they're not sure how to rein it in, or they're seeing a real potential for their kid to reach and to make a difference in their public school environment for Christ. I pray you give them wisdom, Lord. I pray that you help us all discover how we can be and play a part in our community to bring the gospel influence, the a biblical influence into our schools. Um, whether that's building a relationship with a teacher and just sharing the good news of Jesus with them. Or um, having our kids' friends over to the house and giving them a Christian environment to have fun in. There's, there's so many radical and wonderful ideas that you're going to give. So much creativity you're going to inspire for uh, Christian families to really make a difference. But Lord, I pray against apathy. I pray against... Being unintentional, I pray that we be focused. Right, those children are like the Bible says, like arrows in the quiver. Right, we have to aim them. We have to fire them straight. We need to prepare them and strengthen them. And so, Lord, I pray you equip us as parents to do that. And Lord, we pray for the redemption of the the schools. We pray for for our leaders, for our school board members, for our teachers to be protected this year, to have wisdom, um, Lord, for our Christian teachers to have courage and to make a difference. And, uh, and Lord, for our students to be protected from the influences of the world that seek to um, take their hearts and their minds away from you. So Lord, help us implant those truths in their hearts. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys, thanks for sticking with me. I love you all and look forward to being with you again this Sunday. We're going to start the book of 2 Thessalonians. I'm really excited about this study We're going to get back into the word, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. So I hope you can come join us, invite a friend. God is doing great things. You guys have a blessed day. Bye.